since Kim K came on the scene, everyone's been wondering if her infamous derriere is real or fake. It's like God made a fanny and attached a person as an afterthought. Twins, Donna and Nadia Bruna, have made a successful business out of their bottoms. The Belfie stick. A selfie stick, but for your butt. Because people love and need butt photos. You might not recognize the face, but workout fanatic Jen Selter has one of the most famous butts in the world. Why is our society so obsessed with big butts? My name is Carly Harrison, and today we're going to unravel society's current obsession with big booties. So this is a rather silly question, right? But I was at the gym one day doing my squats, and as I looked around, I realized that I wasn't the only girl there solely working on her booty. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it's become pretty common and quite normal to just post a picture of your booty online. So what started as a rather odd question at the gym turned into one of the most interesting Google searches. As I dug into it, I realized there's a lot to learn from our obsession with big booties. You see, people have always been fascinated by butts. It's just a matter of which type or shape. And no surprise, it has to do with society's current standard for beauty and its ideal body type at a given point in time. There's a whole host of societal and economic factors that influence body types throughout time. One of them is fashion. So I decided to reach out to Donna Remy, a fashion merchandising professor at VCU Art School. Donna has studied fashion and economics, and she knows a thing or two about ideal body types as portrayed through fashion industry over time. There's about nine basic principles of fashion that have been proven time and time again. And one of the principles of fashion, and really relates to clothing, but it also relates to body types, and that is um, everything ends in excess. So for example, with um, hemlines, the hemlines will either go up all the way they can go up, and then they can't get any higher, so then they start to come down. Donna is talking about the hemline theory, a theory started in 1926 by economist George Taylor, who claimed that hemlines on women's clothing shift with the economy. It means women are likely to wear shorter skirts or dresses in economic prosperity and longer hemlines during a recession. And if you consider which parts of the body these hemlines typically accentuate, you realize that longer hemlines accentuate a curvier or fuller figure whereas shorter hemlines accentuate a thinner or straight figure. As a secondary effect, ideal body types sway back and forth throughout time, from a fuller hourglass figure featuring a thinner waist and larger curvier butt, to a stick thin figure that's straight with little curves. Like the waist will go in, the hips will go out, so the waist will go in as far as it possibly can. The hips will go out kind of as far as what's acceptable. And we've seen this pattern time and time again throughout history. The 1920s, at the late 20s, when we were going into the Depression, prior to that, we had the flapper girl, like in the 20s. And so it was really cool to look really thin 
and then just kind of boyish looking. And then you moved into the 30s where if you looked that way, then you were considered poor because you didn't have money for food. By the mid-50s, we saw that the transition from the thin, skinny flapper of the 20s had peaked with an hourglass figure led by women such as Marilyn Monroe, who defined the 50s and 60s with their hourglass look. Flash forward to the 80s, 90s, when body ideals shifted back to skinny with the heroin chic era made famous by the super skinny girls seen on the runway. But while past body trends are largely related to possible trends today, I wanted to uncover more about the societal factors that have contributed to current society's standard of beauty. So now we see the hourglass shape back in fashion, and that's because of the um, trends on social media. And the social media say, you know, whether we like it or not, it's him, Kardashian, with her beauty. Now, isn't it kind of crazy that you can credit someone with making an entire body type popular? So I decided to sit down with my friend Afia, who's similarly passionate about this topic and is very in tune with what's going on in Hollywood culture. And she brought up a good point, and that's that the ideal body type of today is intimately tied to the aesthetic and body type of many African-American women. All of these things that naturally occur among like African-American people are popularized and attributed to like non-black people, which is interesting. So I think there's a difference between like the curvaceous booty type and then the, like the fitness freak booty type. You have people like Kim Kardashian and stuff who kind of champion the curvaceous look. Um, and then you have people like Jen Seltzer. For those of you who don't know, Jen Seltzer is one of the original booty influencers on Instagram. Her pictures are mostly bikini shots or pictures at the gym of her showing off her behind and incredibly sculpted abs. As of now, she has a total of 12 million followers on her Instagram and has an estimated income of a million dollars per year just through her sponsors on her page. People... Um, are famous off of that in other countries and here, which I think is ridiculous because it's just like either genetics or you have the money to buy it. And I don't think that that's necessarily a reason why somebody should be famous just for their physique. So in your opinion, what do you think is the difference between the two types of booties? The curvy one that's largely based off a person's genetics and then the fit booty, the one that someone has to work for? I think that a lot of people want the curvaceous thing because they want to look like appealing to themselves and to like the opposite sex. But I also think that they're the muscular like butt type is actually work. Um, you can get the curvaceous type through like surgery and filters and things like that on Instagram. So um, it's, I, I hate to say it's like easier to go for the curvaceous type, but it kind of is because there are like ways to cheat it. Um, and I think that if you really think about it, you can kind of like get down to like the fact that people, everybody wants an instant fix nowadays. And like that is something that can easily be done. Now, Afia introduces an interesting concept here. 
the idea of an instant fix. And it's this idea that I feel separates the healthy body positive movements happening on social media from the negative ones that have further reinforced unrealistic beauty expectations to the average girl. I'd like to highlight two ways we have seen this play out. The first is the rise of plastic surgery. After sitting down with a local plastic surgeon, I learned that butt procedures have increased tremendously over the past 20 years. In fact, according to the American Society of Plastic Surgery, there was a 252% increase of butt procedures between 2000 and 2015. And more recently, between 2014 and 2015, there was a 36% increase in butt lifts. Today, while there are a number of alternatives to going under the knife, like injections for instance, there is still a steady increase of people getting butt procedures as it's become more affordable and accessible to the average person. Plastic surgery isn't just for the wealthy anymore. So if more people are getting butt procedures, what does this mean for the average person who's scrolling through social media or hitting the gym in hopes of attaining a larger butt like you see in Hollywood? Now, the second way I see negative reinforcements of body ideals is through the blurred lines of social media's fitness culture. So I reached out to Ann Burns, a personal trainer in the Richmond area, to hear her perspective on this topic. They watch, like, quote-unquote, Hollywood, and it starts there for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. and the trends, and now you've got the trainers to the stars or something like that, and, and they become so focused on one thing, and even those people have such a skewed view of reality. And you go out into the real world and you see what most people look like. It's very interesting to see the trends um, and how people like use them, whether it's motivation or that self-acceptance and all of that kind of stuff. So as I've unraveled the number of societal factors that come into play to understand our current beauty obsession, I'm left with one lingering question, and that's whether or not our obsession with Kim K-like booties is just another period on the macro scale of body trends, or whether or not it's a sign that we as a society have truly become inclusive of diverse body types. Um, no. I think we're trying to be more inclusive. I don't think we're actually um, succeeding in that realm, because even if, if if in terms of fashion, like the sizing or the hems go in and out, they're never going out to what the actual size of an, an average woman in the United States is. Even with like accepting more curvaceous body types, you are still looking for the girl that has a bigger chest area and then your, your waistline has to go in. And if it doesn't go in, then you're just round and no one finds that to be attractive. So we're inclusive to the point where it's like, oh, you have a bigger chest area and a bigger like bottom area, cool. But like, you better make sure your waist is thin or else like we're not accepting you in that way or you're not considered to be part of that beauty standard. You know, I, I think we have become more inclusive. I don't think it's going to go in and out. I think the, I think in fashion there's always a fad, and then a fashion and a classic. So, I think I don't think it's a fad. 
I think I have seen it when it was bad. When, like back maybe in the, you know, late 80s, maybe when they tried to include it, mm -hmm. you know, the larger woman into talking about it a little bit, but it was really still kind of taboo. And then maybe they would have someone represented, um, a larger woman represented at a fashion event that was maybe a celebrity or something. But yeah. no, I, I don't think so. I think they're going to include it. And I think that if the fashion designers don't, I think that they're really going to be pointed out. So I challenge you, next time you find yourself in the gym, walking down the street, or just scrolling through social media, ask yourselves whether or not you think society's obsession with big booties is truly here to stay.